There is nothing, I repeat nothing, like a good old-fashioned thrashing of the Los Angeles Lakers. Is it a tale of two different franchises this season? Absolutely. Phoenix Suns, now 54 and 14 on the season, lead the league by record and do so by eight games over any other team in the NBA. The Lakers, conversely, are now 29 and 37 or 38 or something like that. Not good. But you asked their fan base at the beginning of the season if they were going to be Western Conference champions, and they would hastily remind you that they would be. And tonight, Matthew, you saw it once again all over Twitter. The Anthony Davis comments prior to the game relative to him saying that the Suns got away with one last year. You know the Suns saw that. You know the Suns heard that. And the Suns, therefore, delivered. What is the deal with that? Why are we still talking about last year and how we got away with it? Is there any reason, like, you're sitting on the bench, like, okay, for Anthony Davis to still be talking about, for the Lakers to still be talking about this, it's crazy. You know, Abraham Lincoln was a great president, but he died. He can't come back to help his country. You know, we got to move on, dude. (laughs) We got to move on from Anthony Davis right now. Let's just stop talking about him and how the Lakers should have beat the Suns last year. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, it's like, let, let bygones be bygones. And I find myself anytime I'm in a conversation with the Lakers fan, they have to bring up their championships, right? Like, and how last year they would have beat us. And, you know, we, we were playing well with Anthony Davis. Uh, You know what? That's any team can say that anytime about any season you go back through the history of the Phoenix Suns. Guess what? We could have beaten the bucks last year. If Dario Saric was healthy, we could have beaten Michael Jordan and the Bulls if Cedric Sabalas was healthy. I mean, it's the ultimate game of what if, sure, but you never truly know what the outcome would have been. Hell, the Phoenix Suns probably shouldn't be playing this year because Jamal Murray has been injured all year, you know? So every <laughs> fan base has their what ifs. I've just never seen a fan base that sits there and just beats the drum so prophetically about the outcome that should have occurred when you know that of the player that you have that you're referencing, street clothes Anthony Davis who's always in just that street clothes that, I mean, that's what he's known for. So you can't sit there and mm-hmm. even say it's like, yeah, we could have beat you that other game. So like, yeah, then he would have went down the next game and guess what? He came yeah. back in that game six and he got thrashed in that game, much akin to what happened this evening against those exact same team. Lakers, fuck them. And you know, I think LeBron and AD when they're talking on the bench, you think that's what they just talk about? But like, you know what? If you're playing tonight, it'd be a different story. That's has, that has to be because he's not LeBron is not even with the Lakers during timeouts. He's just no. on the bench. Bill Simmons confirmed it too when he went to the game and watched LeBron because that's what he does. He watches the benches. Yes. When you see it on TV, he's sitting on the other side of Anthony Davis. So very strange. Uh, congrats, Lakers, on your one championship. Um, I guess it was worth it. You know, at the end of the day, it is worth it because they did win a champion. They is. did win a championship, yeah. you know, and I would love to win a championship, but we have to focus on this season right here, right now. And without Chris Paul, mind you, guess what? We have a guy on the bench too. We we beat the shit out of him. 31 yeah. points. What was the 29 points is what the final. Um, I mean, it yeah. was one forty. Cameron Johnson, to, right? <laughs> yeah. Best one, player in the league right now. <laughs> yeah. Best player in the league. Cameron Johnson. He's not playing. So it's like all of these, what ifs, I, I don't want to hear it. You have to play who you have to play against. And guess what? The depth of this team again was displayed this evening because in all honesty, as we navigate what happened in this game tonight, it was the bench that really was in fuego in that first quarter and assisted this team in scoring 48 points and ultimately putting the Lakers in the rear view right from the bat. 
And I watched this uh, at Marley's in North Scott or uh, North Phoenix at Desert Ridge. Shout out to Mike, who was there with me. One of the jamsters uh, came out and was watching the game with me, and we were having some conversations. It was great to see you. Uh, so again, appreciate you seeing out there, bud. Uh, but you know, it's one of the things that we were talking about as we were watching the Bally Sports Arizona broadcast uh, with Skylar Diggins, of course. Uh, I, I was glad I didn't have to watch the ESPN broadcast because yeah. you knew this was the game with LeBron James hitting 30,000 points and 10,000 rebounds and 10,000 assists. I think that's what the stat was. And you knew that there was just going to be a LeBron dick sucking a thon no matter what happened. And apparently that's, you know, by browsing Twitter during timeouts, it sounds like that is what occurred. Uh, but still, I, I'm glad that everybody just got to see who and what these Phoenix Suns are without Chris Paul and Cameron Johnson. I know. And a lot of it was Richard Jefferson just talking about his days at U of A because Arizona is the number one seed, whatever, who cares about college basketball and how, you know, he was he was a study of basketball. Like his study was the game of basketball and other things, yes. and, you know, ooh, some other things. So it got, yes. a, little, it got a little uh cringy there for a while but. i'm sure it did i'm sure it did so uh welcome jamsters to another edition of the sun's jam session podcast the best <laughs> post-game podcast on planet orange i'm john he's matthew this is the show make sure you follow the show at sun's jam on twitter make sure you follow me at darth voida and you can follow matthew at matthew lissy we will be joined momentarily by coach evan b to give his thoughts on this game. So always enjoy having him on the podcast as well. Uh, I'm going to be drinking the Finnish long drink. It is a cranberry dr gin drink. I'm going to try this bad boy out. <laughs> All right, baby. Uh, Matthew, what do you do it? What are you eating? What am I eating? Well, I'm going to yeah. eat some water. Some mozzarella and, sticks. Uh, no, actually, I, I don't. You know, it was fun today having lunch with you, and those mozzarella sticks look great. But I'm gluten-free for the time being. Uh, no beer for me. Actually, I did have a Coors Light last night, so I did cheat a little bit. Because I was watching a new anime show that I've been watching, and I was like, I gotta treat myself. And that was the last Coors Light I had in my fridge, so wow. I just have water. That's the story behind the water. Well, I don't think this thing has any gluten in it, so you should try the long drink. Give All it right. a pop. But it pop a them if you got them, Suns fans. Always great to beat the Lakers. And let's talk about our 54th win of the regular season. One hundred and forty points for the Phoenix Suns. One hundred and eleven points for the Los Angeles Lakers. And truthfully, I got to say, I mean, this game was a boat race right from the moment that it took off. Uh, the Lakers scored the first four points, and after that, the Phoenix Suns just went on wrecking ball, uh, mission wrecking ball. Which brings me to my first question, Matthew. I got to ask. I got to ask, what is it about the Los Angeles Lakers that typically brings out the best in Devin Armani Booker, who had 30 points tonight and 10 assists? You know, it has to do with comments, too. I think the comments from Anthony Davis that we spoke about to start the pod that had to do something with it. But, you know, like they're the team that everyone still talks about. The Suns are the best team in the league, but yet we still talk about the Lakers and we talk about it every pod. For some reason, the Lakers always end are up there, always we? in our mentions every podcast. I don't know why, but it happens. Uh, but I mean, for good reason, they got LeBron James. But I mean, for for Booker, you need those comments, but you're playing against the best player in basketball. Well, not maybe not this season, but maybe one or two of the all time. So that gets him motivated. 
Um, this is Sun's team. They feed off of each other. And just him knocking down threes, that just shows the confidence Booker has in his game when it's coming back to him because he did go through like a little bit of a rough patch with the three. But I just think now it's almost playoff time. Now he they might play the Lakers again in the first round. So this is like a statement game from him and the Suns, right? No, I agree. And whenever he plays against this team, you know, Devin Booker is a Phoenix Sun through and through. He's the definition of this franchise over the past, dec- you know, half decade, a little over half decade. He's the guy who decided that although there's been appealing things out there and Stephen A. Smith and ESPN will tell you every chance they can that he's uh, Devin Booker's heading to New York. He's heading anywhere <laughs> but Phoenix, right? Yeah. He's the guy who is truly a member of this franchise and will go down as the best member of this franchise when everything's said and done. So who's one of this franchise's greatest rivals? Well, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. And guess what? When you're playing the Lakers, when you're invested in the franchise like Devin Booker is, he sees these opportunities to beat down the opposing team from Los Angeles as something that as something that is personal, like we do. And that's exactly what he did tonight. So as we welcome Coach Evan B., thank you for joining the podcast, good sir. Absolutely. Uh, Why do you think Devin Booker gets up against the Lakers? Because he has been thrashing them for about a season and a half now. I don't want to say it's Mamba mentality. (laughs) I don't want to say it's a Jordan thing. But while we were doing the live podcast over here, we had uh, uh, we had somebody named Pride come on. He's a part of the ASAP Sports Network. And he said something that really struck a chord with me. Devin Booker just plays angry. And it looks like every time I'm... And maybe that's part of the reason a lot of people don't like him is that he just looks angry all the time. So mm-hmm. you know what? Do you guys think there is that little thing inside of him where he goes... You said that to me one time, or you said that to me one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come at you, just like Jordan did, just like Kobe did, right? Do you think that's possible? Because the more he mentioned it and he talked about it, the more I thought that was a huge, huge possibility that Devin Booker does have that little Mamba gene in there. Just the, the you talk back to me, you know, I got the fu gene right back at you, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, John, you're on mute go ahead and talk Matthew all right well I was gonna say yeah we were talking about the comments that Anthony Davis laid out there before the game so there's there's step one but he he plays angry but he's also in control now right he's he's slowed down before I feel like he's always played angry but now that he's in control it doesn't look like madness out there it looks like he has some control with the game he doesn't let it take him over he just lets the game talk for itself basically Yeah, and one thing that Matthew and I were talking about, I don't know if it was last podcast or the one prior to that, is Devin Booker, to your point, Coach, looks for those little opportunities to gain an edge, whether it's courtside fans chirping at him, whether it's something an opposing player said three months ago. Yeah, Matthew, it was after the Heat game where he had said in the post-game interview, Coach didn't have to tell us anything. We know that this team came into our house and they carry with them the best conference in the Eastern record. So we don't need to be told anything. And you're right. That's one thing that one allows him to excel. And man, it's nice having that player on your team, isn't it? It's nice to have the hometown guy who understands what our rivalries are and gets as pissed off as we do about these things. And then goes out there and uses that as fuel to his fire. So that's fantastic to have. And then the other thing, you know, seriously, yeah, it's like you just you, you heart that so much because so many players and not so much in, you know, we've seen obviously with the, the Suns because this team's fantastic. But 
you know, that you feel like like the Cardinals, for example. You know, the Cardinals will sit there and be like, oh, it's just another game. It's like, no, nah, fuck that. It's the Seahawks. Like, go out there and crush them. Try to kill them. Like, we can't stand that fan base. We can't stand that team. That's how that's how Suns feel about the Lakers. So Devin Booker personifies that and executes that for us. It, yeah, and also we do reference like the, the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. I know they we do just, reference the, do, the, the the Dodgers just come out and be like, "Yo, we're better," and good luck so trying to throw the curveball. And speaking yeah, of the Dodgers, yes. huh? Mookie yeah. bets at the game today. Sorry, <laughs> no, it's okay. Baseball's back, baby. Let's it's time to bleed blue again. Um, but just for the Dodgers, fuck the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> Pantone two ninety four. It's a beautiful color. But again, having Devin Booker on this team to personify the frustrations that we have with opposing fan bases and to execute. Uh, he, you know, he's kind of like a hitman for us, right? We're like, Devin, go destroy the Lakers. And then he does. He looked fantastic tonight. Uh, I had money on him to hit the over on rebounds. He decided to do so on assists. But, you know, I had money on uh, the over for campaign assists, so I hit on that. So it's like, eh, I broke even, you know? Yeah, so, but you didn't know this game would be over that quickly, right? I, I mean, I feel think- like if the game was more intense, the Booker would be down there on the block more. 100%. I thought I would be doing this podcast from Marley's in North Phoenix, and I left at the end of the third yeah. quarter because they were kicking <laughs> the shit out of him so bad. I'm like, hey, I can I can beat the traffic, right? I can- yeah. <laughs> the and also just traffic. About Booker's, like, the way he plays so mad, like his anger, like how he holds it within. I feel like his three point shots are so gentle. You notice that? I don't know if it's been like that for forever, but they basically, they, they hit the rim and they just like kind of roll in nice, mm-hmm. nice and gently just with caress. Like he caresses yeah. them in there. It's crazy. I don't know if it's always been that way. I notice it more tonight than ever. Interesting observation. I will say this too. He does have a face because we were talking about this at the bar. And again, shout out to Mike, who was at the bar tonight. One of our jamsters, uh, we were you know talking about after that uh, play where Devin Booker looked back at Austin Reeves and it was the end one play. And he yeah. gave him that look, that killer look. I'm like, that's why people don't like Devin Booker, because to, to your point, coach, he plays pissed off and you can see it all over his face. And if that's the opposition, you hate that because it scares you. It's the same thing with Kobe. Like Kobe used to do the same thing where he just played pissed off and intense all the time. You're like, bro, chill, please. All right, Raja, hit him in the face. You know, anything to, <laughs> anything to stop him. But why do you, you know, coach, why do you think he plays so intense? Is it just kind of his upbringing, his mentality, uh, his being a six man at Kentucky and, and uh, loving that color blue so much. It's, Oh God, you and your damn blue. Goodness gracious. It's I'm talking We're, about Kentucky blue this time. Okay. Oh, totally different sure, if it's sure, ugly. sure. Totally different. Well, yeah, it's the Corona commercial where they're all talking about the color blue and Devin Booker starts uh, it off. Great acting, yeah. by the way, right? Oh uh, uh, yeah. I'll give it, I'll give he it has, the whatever an Oscar his, is for a commercial. His it's his first one. He'll, he'll and it was it. awesome. He'll be better than the next state farm commercial. It'll be fine. There you go. <laughs> Actually, technically second one. Remember he had the NBA one when he was saluting to Kobe, but he didn't say anything in that one. So. True. Um, killer. You know, John, that's just in your DNA. You can't teach that. You can't tell somebody to play mad. I don't know how many kids I had to go out there and try to try to talk them down a little bit. Me, one-on-one, I'll never do it in front of anybody else. But I go up there, man, you haven't given me this. You haven't given me that. It's just I want to challenge you to see if you're going to come out. And some kids do and some kids don't. And it's just ingrained in you. And that has to be who you are. And clearly Devin Booker has that, you know. But then I look at the first one, two, three seasons. Did we see this out of book in those seasons? Or did he already know that he was defeated by the time he got on the court? And now he's taking it out on everybody else. 
Matthew, thoughts? No, he he had it. Yeah, the first three seasons. He had it, but it was just out of control. He just, mm-hmm. you know, he had to make sure that he was known a late draft pick, 13th pick in the in the draft. You have to prove yourself. That's why he's never really had the respect that a lot of these guys have as a superstar. He's not the John Morant because he's not the number two pick coming out. And, you know, that's just what is in the back of his mind all times. And I think when he first came out, it was just too much, too much. And we used to talk about it, the technicals. He still gets them, but they were out, it was out of control. Now he just owns it. And I think Chris Paul is the guy that mm-hmm. really helped him get to that next level. Well, he took he- taught him how to play in control at all times. And he, as you mentioned, there's still blips on the radar where he does get a little out of control. But for the most part, what was frustrating about his early performances in his first three seasons, he'd just like throw the ball away. He would make dumb passes. He would do dumb things on the court. So it's hard to stay as intense and as focused when you aren't executing consistently. Dev Booker consistently executes now so he can... It's always funny though, I feel like. I feel like he'll always do that stare down and then like go 0 for 3 afterwards. You know, but it's like, not because he's out of control. It's just because he's in his own head. A little I do notice much. that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but he's doing better though. I feel like yeah, he's he has been more consistent after the stare downs. I know what you're talking about though. <laughs> yeah. He'll go on and miss three threes. You're like, damn it. <laughs> yes. You know, but I mean, you look at how he played tonight and in the first quarter, uh, as I mentioned, the, the Lakers came out, scored the first four points. And then the Suns put a 48 to 18 run on the Lakers. Devin Booker had 12 points. Uh, the bench went six for six in that first quarter, including threes from Aaron Holiday and Landry Shamit. Uh, they combined for a total of 14 of those 48 points. And from there on out, I mean, it was just gangbusters. Um, is like, how shitty are the Lakers? <laughs> I mean, can we just have this the whole podcast? How yeah, shitty they are? I can definitely. <laughs> so, so I met. I met a couple of my cousins and my brother at Marley's, right? Again, my, my six months road trip is over. So we decided to get together, spend a little time, dr- have a couple beers, watch the sun. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, th- I appreciate it. And so I have one of my cousins there doesn't watch basketball at all. And he's watching and he goes, God, the Lakers fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, they're a one trick pony. They're LeBron from three or LeBron being an 18 wheeler going down the lane. And outside of that, it's like Melo hit a three every now and then, hit the three on the side of his head, run back down the court, and then the rest of the game is just inconsistency on both offense and defense. Uh, yeah, how bad does this team suck? Coach, go ahead, man. How bad are they suck? This was – I've seen better games at a YMCA, man. <laughs> yes. I mean, there were so many wide-open threes by the Suns, and then LeBron just goes down, shoots it from deep. I mean, the Lakers were – what were there? They were 16 of 40 from three, which which is which is 40%. And the Suns were 12 of 33, which is 36%. But they would just go down there, chuck it, brick, go back down, and one for the Suns. Chuck it, brick, go back down. Devin Booker, pull up. All of a sudden, it's five. And then Carmelo drains the three <laughs> to take the lead down to 33. Yes. <laughs> That's all it was. It was a glorified YMCA run. And when you have Stanley Johnson trying to guard DeAndre Ayton in the post, that's when I was like, what are we doing? I'll yeah. tell you what we're doing. Watch. DeAndre Ayton this evening looked like a man, dude. 23 points, 16 total rebounds, five of those on the offensive glass, 11 for 14 from the field. As Coach mentioned, he was unstoppable. He helped the Phoenix Suns out-rebound the Los Angeles Lakers 51-37, to including 14 offensive rebounds to the Lakers' seven. So again, when the Suns let you down in a game like they did against the Toronto Raptors, 
it's not a trend. It doesn't turn into a trend. They make those adjustments. They come out the next game. They're focused on what they were defeated with the last time, and they execute. And unfortunately for the Lakers, they were the team that stood in their way following a loss on Sunday or Friday night against those Toronto Raptors, Matthew. Yeah, and tonight, you know, DeAndre, in, are we, we're doing Aiden Watch. Yes, it's Aiden Watch yeah. time. It, it started from the tip. It, what was so fun tonight was when the tip was thrown up. The ball is thrown up. LeBron's down there. <laughs> I'm going against Aiton tonight. I'm going to be the guy that takes him on. Uh, we don't have a presence down low. We have Dwight Howard. How much can that help? Uh, LeBron, you know, he had two plays in a row to start the game where he looked like he wanted to win that game. After two plays, he's like, oh, shit, I'm fucking tired, and I hate my team. <laughs> this sucks. Like, did you guys see that? He came out Absolutely. with that energy. And as soon as Aiden got into the game, Aiden, I think, had 10 out of the first 12 points in the game or 8 out of the first 10 it was it was basically over because they kept going to Aiden and they kept feeding him. The mismatches were down there all game. Uh, you know, that little hook shot he does have, that push shot, but the turnaround hook shot thing, that thing is automatic, right? That That's like the cream sky hook. I feel like every time Aiden does pull that off, it's going in. I don't think he's probably missed two all season, but he was dominant on the boards too. So the way that he actually handled himself down low against the Lakers and the mismatches and how Booker kept going back to him too throughout the first half – that was the reason why I feel like, I mean, the Suns were going to win this game after you look at the squad, after LeBron James looks at his own squad and he's like, oh boy, like this sucks. And I'm just not going to, I'm going to go sit next to Anthony Davis to talk to him. He knows it's over. And Aiden, you know, he was, he was flexing a lot tonight too. I like to see that from Aiden yes. in a game like this. I like it when he goes down there to get the and one and he's flexing after that's, that's fun to watch because he rarely does that right until it's games like this. To where he wants to make a statement. You know, he's not going head to head against another elite center in the league, but he knows that he can dominate. And he did it because there's a lot of times during the season where maybe last season more of where he would not very he would not dominate against the opposing team that had trouble down low. But tonight, no issue for him at all. Yeah, coach, what'd you see from Aiton? Oh, he was just in the right place at the right time. He was doing everything that he needed to do. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, there was one time he got the ball on the right block and he went and he went right over his right shoulder and it got like stripped or he lost it or something like that. And I was like, okay, like maybe try backing down to the right and then going over your, your left, your left shoulder. But that left shoulder is just is silky right now. Mm -hmm. The He's got mm -hmm. the jumper working from him, the turnaround jumper. He's got the little floater in the lane now. He just needs to work on, on the right shoulder now. And then he would just really start becoming a full package. I was really impressed with him tonight. But again, it was it was against Dwight Howard was their only big. So he should go out and dominate a game like this. And if you want to be a pro and get the money that he wants, got to show up nine out of ten times. And he did that tonight. I can't say anything bad about him. I wish he would have hit that three, though. I know, I right? On, yeah. <laughs> when I was on with Zona like two weeks ago, I said DeAndre Ayton's going to hit two threes, two and I'm waiting for that to happen. <laughs> He no, stepped into that one too. So yeah, it, cool. it, it was a little uh, second game in a row. He shot a three and it was just a little deep. So just step a little further out. Go logo, DA. Go yeah, logo. It'll go yeah, in. But I think that's a valid point that coach brings up is you know, the consistency is what we always complain about from DA. And he's starting to consistently display uh an affinity for can for putting the ball in the hoop uh in these matchups when he should, and that's the key, you know. There's games where we'll look at the rosters and we'll be okay, this should be a DA night. And he'll go out and he'll get you 16 and like eight. It's not the end of the world, but again, you want that max money, you need to show up and perform in those matchups. That's what the dominant players do. 
And tonight, again, this is a game where he should go and go forth and dominate against the Lakers. They don't have the size that they did from a year ago. Uh, when, like you said, when Stanley Johnson is in there and LeBron James is listed on NBA.com as the starting center, DA should cook, and cook he did. And he's such a, a great offensive player who's really starting to, and I wouldn't say starting to, he has for the majority of the season, but shown us what he can do, as you mentioned, off that left shoulder, he's insane. The right shoulder needs some work. He needs some more post moves, I feel. He's not a back down player. We see him take it to, to the rim every now and then, you know, probably like once every 17 games, he'll put it on the floor. But outside of that, like, he's got no hesitation. He's got a great 17-foot jump shot. And if he does get to the line, you know he's going to be money from there. It's not like when JaVale McGee goes to the line or Dwight Howard or a lot of other bigs in the league where you know that he's going to be able to make free throws. And that's that's a very deadly thing to have, Good especially point. come playoff time, is you can't hack a DA because he will burn you from the free throw line. Yeah, and that's one thing to work on, right? In this offseason, um, not to look too far ahead, but just to have those moves down just a little bit. You know, he needs to work on those, and I'm sure he does. When he goes back to the Bahamas, probably something that he works on and brings back to the U.S. next year. Well, we'll hopefully when the playoffs come, we see him get even more aggressive because this yeah. is a big game. This is an ESPN game, right? This is the eyes of the world are upon you, and the Suns, you know, proved – Again, not like we needed to see it, but they proved to the rest of the nation that they are a fantastic team, uh, a complete team. And D.A. is somebody who you need to be worried about because not a lot of people are necessarily worried about him. One guy that we've been worried about, and we were talking about a lot on the last pod, Matthew. I'm happy what I saw from Torrey Craig this game. This is probably his best game, in my opinion, since his first game back in Phoenix. Uh, he ended the night with 11 total points. He was 5 for 8 from the field, 1 for 2 from deep. Uh, he had a couple assists. He only had the one rebound. But if you don't count that fourth quarter, you know, he had, what, a total of, looking it up, 7 points on 3 of 3 shooting. So he really could open it up the offense a little bit more in that last quarter when it was all garbage time. But I liked what I see from Tori. I saw a little bit more engagement, and I was telling Mike, uh, one of our jamsters who was at Marley's with me, that it's clear that he listens to the pod and yeah. heard our our frustrations and our complaints, and he acted upon those. Right, guys? <clears throat> yeah. Um, honestly, the thing is with Craig, I'm less and less worried about his uh, contribution into the playoffs. I know we want those those minutes come off the bench, but the way that Cameron Johnson and Mikhail Bridges have gone up like the next level, really going to these playoffs. I think it's going to help kind of like the digression that Tory looks like he has. It was mm -hmm. a good game. I feel like he kind of did what we expect. But I mean, if we were asking for too much, maybe a lot of us were like, oh, Tory Craig's going to come in and save the day whenever these guys are on the bench. I don't think that's really going to happen. But tonight was a good excuse or a good example of what he can provide the Suns team. And, you know, Donnie Nelson, you know, um, the old coach for the Mavericks. Mm -hmm. I always thought when I was younger, that guy was was drunk coaching oh when i was younger i'm like is that dude drunk it was confirmed that he was actually <laughs> drinking during games so i was honestly right and i kind of thought tory craig might be a little bit drunk but he tonight mm. proved me wrong that he was not drinking and that he, he was a little bit more stable tonight and helping the suns you know cruise that big victory 
There's a there's a lot of funny stories about Donnie Nelson when he was with the Warriors when he had Matt Barnes and Stack and all them boys. <laughs> yeah, about, that's the uh, Matt Barnes interview, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Matt Barnes interview. They they would be smoking or, or token it up at a hotel right after they beat the Mavericks or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, he pre pre probably was. But anyways, Tory Craig, <laughs> do you guys remember what happened fourth quarter game six Western Conference Finals against the Clippers? Tory Craig shut down Paul. Oh George. yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. He, Paul George. I, I want to say he had like 36 points or something like that going into the fourth quarter and had, I don't know, four or five or something, you know, a low number to ultimately win the game and, and win the series for us. But he kind of disappeared throughout just a little bit of a playoff run. I mean, he had some nice moments here, nice moments there. And I was a little mum on him coming back for exactly what we've seen, mm-hmm. but he guarded LeBron tonight. And what happened when he guarded LeBron? He it looked like he got up for it. So maybe that's what Tory Craig needs. Maybe he needs to be legitimately challenged guarding somebody probably more his size, like a Paul George or LeBron, to to get him up for the game. I don't know if that's a, a leg- legitimate thing, but I've just noticed in his play when he's guarding somebody else of his size, he comes out gangbusters. He played decent in the Milwaukee loss. I thought he played pretty good. He missed a couple shots, and he was down on himself. So it was nice to see him make his first three tonight. But mm-hmm. I think he needs to be challenged to be engaged. What do you guys think of that? No, I think you're right, because that's when we see the best version of Torrey Craig. Uh, against the Raptors, he might not necessarily be engaged because Pascal Siakam isn't somebody who is pushing him to guard him the way that he really wants to do. It's 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 a non-factor game, right? You know, at the end of the day, tonight's game didn't matter. We lose this game, it truly doesn't matter. We're still up seven games in the Western Conference with 15 to go, or 14 to go, I think, now. Uh, Would have been six and a half for the record. Six and a half? Because I thought this win put us at eight. Oh, 14. We're at seven and a half right now with the win. Gotcha. Just throwing numbers out there. There yeah. you go. But we have 14 left to play, correct? 14, correct. 14, yeah. Okay, so again, these games, if we play 500 basketball for the remainder of this season, then we're still going to win the Western conference. So these games don't carry the same weight as the playoffs do. And I think that you're right. Tory Craig, when, when he needs to play that Excel, that excelled defense, we've seen it happen. It's It's a hard thing to turn on and off, but I know in a series that's where he'll excel because again, defense understanding what the matchup is having the ability to shut down the opposition after studying game film, that's what's going to be something that Tory Craig is going to bring to the table and that we'll appreciate come playoff time. And again, it's what makes this team so unbelievably deep is all the different levers we can pull. We want to go big. We can go uh, JaVale McGee with DA and you put Tory Craig at the three, you know, we can be super big and we can, we can put walls up against Giannis if we need to, if we want to play five out basketball, DA can still be out there and you got Tory Craig playing the four. If we're playing the Clippers and things of that nature. So the versatility of this team is kind of personified by Tory Craig as being one of those tools who we've seen be successful in the past. He hasn't necessarily been successful in coming back because the version we got of him last year was his apex. That was the best version of Tory Craig. So can he play himself into a place in, in where he is productive come playoff time? I believe so. I think matchup to matchup isn't necessarily where he's going to be at his best during the regular season. Matthew, what do you think? He will be okay. He will oh. be a great defender <laughs> going into the playoffs. I totally count on him, honestly. Matthew, he's, what, he's do you, be the what do you think? Oh, I'm getting honest here. You know, my honesty. I just, 
I really think that Tory Craig will find himself. And uh, tonight it looked good. And like I love how Coachy brought that up. Yeah, maybe he needs that guy to go against to really bring his defensive, like his mentality out a little bit more. Because, I mean, tonight, yeah, you can get that up against LeBron. But also you have to look at it where the Lakers, if they win this game, they're probably the new favorites in the West, right? Oh, you know, clearly. if they win this game. So it is kind of a big deal to like Devin Booker, to Tory Craig, to kind of show up a little bit more because it's on national TV. The Lakers win. You know, maybe Anthony Davis comes back. They keep talking about that. They're the new favorites in the West. So we made sure that I love happen. Anthony Davis, man. Fucking writing checks. His team can't cash. It's just it's <laughs> awesome. I love it. He's just sitting on the sideline like, yeah, clearly we would have beat him last year if I was injured. But here I am injured again. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to bring that up here in a second. But before I get to the salsa dance and the rock and the baby and all the little things that the Suns do to the, the Lakers, uh, I, I will give LeBron James his flowers. So you might want to snip this because this doesn't happen very often. LeBron James, 30,000 points. Is it 10,000 rebounds and 10,000 assists? Is that the number he yeah. hit tonight? Mm-hmm. Is that what? what 10,000 assists, I think it was, yeah. Okay, so he, he crossed that threshold. 30,000, 10,000, 10,000. LeBron James, from a career standpoint, is one of the best players in the NBA. He's proven it, and his longevity is now allowing him to uh, hit a lot of those records that are – going to be really hard to attain moving forward. He's a special kind of player. And you see it in moments throughout the season. He'll go on stretches where you're like, damn, what he's doing at the age in which he's doing it is unprecedented. Unprecedented? You know what I'm saying. It's It hasn't been done. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's impressive. And there was, you know, a, there was a couple moments in this game tonight. You know, again, he finished with a total of 31 points. Uh, he had six assists, seven total rebounds. He was 10 for 20 over the field and five for 11 from deep. And it was in when, when he hit some of those shots. I mean, that's again, I'm watching these, these this game with some of my fr- my cousins who don't watch basketball. And they're like, why don't they just give it to LeBron every time? Let him shoot a three. That's all this team is good at. I'm like, well, yeah, that's all that, that's all he is good at anymore. <laughs> but again, as much as I like to dog LeBron, I do respect who he is and what he is and how long he's been doing it. Do I like him? No, I'll never like LeBron. But I will slightly give him a tip of my hat. And congratulate him for his 30,000, 10,000, and 10,000. Congrats, LeBron. And this is a reminder, LeBron, that the Lakers are 0-6 since this moment happened. Since you <laughs> backed down, 0-6 against the Suns, since you backed down Jay Crowder in Game 2 of the Western Conference first round with Andre Fat-Ass Drummond watching you, and you guys were clowning the Suns, having a good old time, you've yet to beat the Phoenix Suns since then. So salsa dance all you want. It's it's funny because I saw a clip on Twitter from the game that they were actually having fans pro- do their best version of the salsa dance. Like yes. straight up controlling oh, the Lakers <laughs> with the Lakers in-house. Like, I love that. I love that. Keep it up. Uh, I'll say this about LeBron. Everything that he's done off the court with his school and everything, <laughs> I don't think anybody in the comments in this pod could could say bad otherwise. You have a gold jersey on and it says Lakers. What do you want from me, right? We're mm-hmm. we're going to dog you every chance we get. And And let's be honest, if it wasn't for Anthony Davis having a glorified bubble run, this would have been a massive failure in oh, Los absolutely. Angeles. Absolutely, and all, all of the all of the draft capital and players that they gave up to get him again. Again, they won the bubble championship, which will forever count. Whether you count it or not doesn't matter because it does count. It will go down in the annals of NBA history as a championship. But all these stars, in my opinion, had to align perfectly for that championship. They got a what four month rest 
which allowed both LeBron James and Anthony Davis to rest up for that run. Because if it had been in that regular season, they were always nicked up. They're always nicked up. They'll always continue to be nicked up. Yeah, and if you heard LeBron, too, talk about, you know, NBA Jam, I used to play as the Supersonics. Where were the Supersonics now? Like, they are actually the Thunder. You know, his little little inside little like talks about going to the Thunder keep leading up, I think, to him actually playing there with his son. And I don't know if they're going to go to the Super to Seattle or something, but he said that, I think, before the game or last post game or something. So... Anthony Davis, if you want the keys to the franchise, here you go with all these jokers on your team. You can have it, man, because LeBron's probably out after this year. Do you think that it's tampering what LeBron James is doing, talking about wherever his son goes, he'll play? No. That's technically tampering, if, though, isn't is it? Is it? I've never liked to tamper. You're, ta- you're tampering with the possibility. Because let's all face it. Bronny is a second-round pick, right? He's not. He's like the fourth-best player right, on his high school team. Exactly. So the only way to get him to be a pick is saying, hey, if you draft him, you get me. In my opinion, that's tampering. LeBron James breaking rules since 2003. You're co- I, you know what? With that logic, I think you're completely right. I don't think anybody could could argue that at all. That That's completely true. But it's not like it's an executive saying something like that or, or a GM or something, right? It is coming from a player, but you're under contract. So, mm-hmm. yeah, totally run with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just any chance I can to trash LeBron for tampering or doing anything because you're right outside of basketball. He is there's been so many opportunities for him to necessarily, you know, to to fail. Right. He could have been a a massive failure, uh, the likes of which we've never seen. And he's always done the right thing. You know, I I wouldn't say the right thing. You know, but but he's always been a stand up guy like, you know, the decision. Yeah, that was a that was a, a curveball in his career. Right. That was him learning how to play the media. Uh, and he's, but he's been somebody who's always had the media on, you know, watching him and he's never, mm-hmm. he hasn't turned into like a Delonte West or anything of that nature. He's been, he's, he's avoided scandal. He's avoided a lot of those things. So, Absolutely. You know, That's you why know, DUIs or nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Well, if he did, I don't think you would ever hear about it. Right. LeBron gets no. a DUI. No, no bullshit. Way, because but... Tiger Woods, man, Tiger Woods was on top of the world. Tiger Woods keeps running into trees every week. He well, tries yeah. to kill himself. That's yeah. different. <laughs> He's running to every fucking tree out there, dude. The award pivot. Uh, Mikael Bridges. I'm like, uh. Mikael Bridges, Sorry. 18 points, six total rebounds, three assists, eight of 13 from the field. Uh, Mikael Bridges, again, you know, I, I was talking about this a little bit on the last podcast with Matthew, and I'd like to get your take on this, Coach. He had a total of zero personal fouls tonight. How is Mikael Bridges such a great defender and has only had five fouls one time this season and had four fouls like eight times? Like, you're so good at defense and you don't foul. That alone should automatically win you the defensive player of the year, especially in a game in which the Suns got called for a gazillion fouls and were outshot from the free throw line 31 to 14 a great question and you know he and jay crowder are really becoming masters of slapping the ball out having it fall on their knee and go out of bounds and it's our ball right for somebody to slap in and reach in all the time and not get called you gotta have some pretty quick hands and he's got long arms too and they're dangly out there so it's really impressive that he can do that and not foul i didn't even see that he didn't commit a foul and that's considering we had 24 fouls against us to 14 yeah that that is absolutely unreal. That I can't even answer that, John. That needs some legitimate digging, and I need to watch that a little bit more from here. That's a crazy stat. Yeah, it's one thing I noticed last game because 
in the first like four minutes, he had two fouls. And I was just like, oh man, he's gonna get in foul trouble. Then <laughs> yeah. I'm like, when's the last time Mikhail Bridges was in foul trouble? Oh, never. He's had five fouls once this season. It's unbelievable. Matthew, what'd you see from Yo, Mikhail tonight? Well, I mean, that's a little that's a little um harsh, dude. Landry Shamit and Alfred Payton had zero fouls too. So we gotta give a shout out to those guys. Uh, <laughs> happy Can't birthday, Landry Shamit. Is it Landry Shamit's birthday? He turned 25 today. He can finally rent a car. All I can say is Sham. Wow. I will say the best thing about that Shamwell highlight is the fact that it's happening against the Lakers. Fuck them. Yeah. And the best... (laughs) The best thing about that drop is I always think that's a sub. Every time that girl's holding that thing, I think it's a sub from Subway. <laughs> I know, it looks but... like a sub. <laughs> um, dude, Mikhail, so he's he's the guy that can really turn the offense on now, right? Like if the offense, even though tonight, you know, we're up by 20 most of the game, but you always have to make sure you keep that lead against a team like the Lakers or basically any team in the NBA, I guess. You can just say the Lakers especially because you want you don't want LeBron to get back into the game. The way he's been scoring 50 points. Yeah. But Mikhail can he can come in and he can get those little easy buckets in the lane and keep the offense alive, keep that big lead afloat and that's what he does now. I think they like hand him the keys to do things and he's a playmaker now too. So it's not like he's just hogging the ball and just shooting corner threes or anything like that, but he's basically the guy that can hit those little mid-range shots, get an easy bucket to keep that big lead up for the Suns and he did that tonight. I know it's not really noticeable in a game like this. But he did that in the third quarter. He came out and really helped the Suns just push that lead up. What I think is funny is what Devin Booker said. I'm, I'm totally pivoting here because I'm like, as you're talking, I'm reading Twitter. Uh, Dwayne Rankin said this after the game. He said, Devin Booker said he thought it was funny what Anthony Davis said about his groin injury uh, decided the outcome of last year's playoff series. And this is what Devin Booker said. If ifs was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dude, nice. he, he he gets the drop for that he's been one. doing good man he's he, this is the drop big dick booker he's been making like big dick yeah. comments like that yeah you know? like he's, he's really learned are, yes yes he's been really good ever since the all-star break i feel like when he him and uh draymond were talking but even like before then with the TNT crew, he had a few. But the, ever since the All-Star break, I feel like he's been really good. I feel like he practices these things. Like he knows what's going to come his way, right? Well, he, he goes to, to Kendall an and he goes, Kendall, what do you do in these situations? What does your like, PR person say? Yeah, what's your PR person say? <laughs> he probably has the same PR person as Kendall Jenner now. And she's mm-hmm. setting him up for success. What do you think, Coach? If ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk. Absolutely. I I remember just like well, uh, one month or two ago, they were talking about how Devin Booker was getting double teamed. And then they brought up when he got double teamed in the summer league, what, four or five years ago, they were bringing yeah. that up. And he just brushed it off. And in the finals, somebody asked Chris Paul what, or Devin Booker when Chris Paul was there, do you feel bad for Chris Paul for what happened? And he just goes, next question. Yes. Just as dead serious. <laughs> Everything that he does, and he's only 25. Is he 26 or is he 25? I think he's, he's 25. Yeah, he turns 26, I want to say in October. Yeah, Sam he's Johnson, Octo- 26. October, baby, like me. That's right. So, me too. Me too. When, no, when's your birthday? That's why you guys are the, same. the third. My, <laughs> check okay. this out. My son's birthday is the October 4th. I'm the third, and my father in law is October 2nd, and my oh grandpa my. is October 5th. Oh my wow. God. Two through five. Awesome, man. <laughs> Crazy. All Libras. All Libras. Yep, That's exactly. Right. All, all Libras. No, he just has that persona, man, where he's just 
he knows what the media is trying to get out of him. You know, he he's not dumb. Chris Paul's talking to him now. Kendall's talking to him now. PR people are talking to him. The Suns have been like training and bringing him up to go through this. He knows what they're trying to do. They're trying to get that fun little headline and he's not letting them have it. He's not. And now he's starting to have a little bit of fun because it's like not only does he get the basketball side of it, he's getting the business side of it, too. And he's starting to have fun. And that's why he's on Corona commercials. Yeah, that's why the celebrities are coming to the games, too. A lot today. Um, Was there? Well, yeah, there was. I mean, Colin Kaepernick uh, was there. Colin Kaepernick was there. Mookie Betts was there. Mookie Um, was in town. Mookie's back in town. Yeah, dude. It's just like it's like the new L.A. You know, you got a lot of hot people up there in front, dude. That's for spring training. Yeah, when does spring training start? I think this week, right? Very cool. I think so. Because the report, I think they reported today. Okay. Can't wait for fantasy baseball. I can't <laughs> wait for March bracketology with Coach Evan B on he the he's on fire. Let's go. Yeah, I'm gonna lose. Yeah, absolutely. And, and unfortunately, guys, I think I gotta hop off real quick. Uh, I, I've got my son throwing a fit as we're oh, talking no. on here. But right, yes, no the the he's on fire podcast uh, bracket challenge. I'm throwing out to everybody. So if anybody wants to join, I sent it to you, fine gentlemen. Just come and DM me. I think everybody can find me where I'm at now. And uh, join and let's have some fun and hopefully somebody will make some money. But go Suns. I am a little worried about the Pelicans. But anytime that we get our ass kicked, we seem to go back out and do the ass kicking. So yes. I'm looking forward to the next two two wins, hopefully, gentlemen. Especially considering <clears throat> CJ McCollum might be out with health and safety protocol. So Yep, he will be. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So That's kind of a bummer. All right, gentlemen. All right. Thanks All right. for coming on, Coach Same MB. Man. We love having you on. You are going to miss the rant on Russell Westbrook. But you know what? <laughs> rock that baby well you got to go do that upstairs your son your son's the exactly. <laughs> Cheers, october, guys. Ba- october baby's rule um so matthew you got uh yes sir russell westbrook okay another mm-hmm. guy i just wanted to spend a couple minutes talking about this evening he ended with a total of 13 points on five of 10 shooting uh same exact stat line as malik monk who had five of 10 shooting for 13 points the only difference here is one of these guys is making $44 million. <laughs> ah, yeah. um, I know. I, I don't know. Was it the Ben Simmons or the Bill Simmons podcast or Ryan Rosillo where they were really talking about Russell Westbrook and how Russell Westbrook this past week was really uh, kind of fighting back against a lot of the flack he receives in social media. And while he's in the arena, as when people are quote unquote defaming his name by, by calling mm-hmm. him Westbrook, uh, what, yeah. What podcast was that? And what are your thoughts on that? Well, they were actually talking about, and I don't know, I think this is always a thing where these these weirdos out there go after, you know, these players' families. Yeah, so I think he brought that up too. That's weird. I think when that happens, you find out who this person is and you go to that person's house and take them out or do something. Like, why are they even existing? I don't call, know why they the, exist. Call the police world. on them. Or call the police, I guess. Um, <laughs> Matthew's going for, you went straight to killing <laughs> them. Well, I mean, why do they exist? Someone that hates an NBA player this much where you threaten their family? Like, what's your deal, dude? Um, yeah, dude, But seriously. that's just the weirdest thing. Um, So the thing is, like, Westbrook's always been the same. I feel like he's always been the same player. This year, we saw tonight just how bad he does look, right? Dribbling the ball off his leg, uh, just throwing the ball out of bounds. A lot of bad stuff. LeBron, too. LeBron, bad passes. It's just the team, though. I... Westbrook is terrible fit. He he is a terrible fit for this team, but he's always been the same player, right? You knew what you were going to get. You can't change him all of a sudden coming to this team. But Westbrook is going to be Westbrook. 
Like all of a sudden, just because he's not meshing well, just because he's not winning games with LeBron James, it's his fault. I just feel like he's the same player. You can't put all the blame on him. This team just totally sucks right now. LeBron won't even get back on defense most of the time. He's turned the ball over too. He's not sitting with the team. He's not doing a lot of team-oriented things. Why would that motivate Westbrook to change at all? Plus, you can't change a player like this, like that's already been playing the same way for forever. It's, it's impossible to do. But see, it's I basically just, like I disagree. Well, Okay, but it's just like, you know, Kanye West. Like, everyone hates him now. It's the same motherfucking Kanye. It's the same guy, just because he doesn't agree with what you want him to agree with. It's the same guy. You just can't change these dudes in That's the way That's a they good play. analogy. That's a good analogy. But I think that the difference is, like, Russell Westbrook has the opportunity and has the chance and has had the chance to adjust his game to the modern NBA. And he just, he refuses to do it. His ego gets in the way. And therefore, he is the same player. You're right. He is the same player. And that same player does not mesh well in this this modern NBA that he plays in. It's the same thing with Kanye. Kanye was fantastic, in my opinion. I got a lot of great memories of listening to his albums, uh, just really high-level music. And then he's just kind of gone gone off of the deep end, and the music isn't the same. Uh, His new album's trash, in my opinion, because it doesn't, like... Kanye stopped rhyming about like three albums ago. And now it's just like him talking to me slowly. And it's just like, okay, this is just weird. You know? So again, you have to kind of, you know, what's the, my famous phrase. I use it all the time. Champions adjust. The reason why Russell Westbrook isn't a champion is because he refuses to adjust. He's better than adjusting. And therefore he will not perform well in this league. And low sun says it in the chat. Uh, where is it? Let me pull it up. This is awkward. I should have started and then I would have seen it. Uh, he says, I think once his contract's done, he's out of the league and might have to retire. I agree with that a hundred percent. He's, he's somebody who just, he, he, he doesn't get it, man. He doesn't get it. He hasn't, he hasn't adjusted his game and the Lakers are paying for it as well. They should. That's who they wanted. That's who LeBron wanted. Cause they could have had mm-hmm. Buddy Hield and some more assets uh, and I think Buddy Hield would have fit perfect into this system. A, a, a three-point shooter, a guy who would have played within the confines of what LeBron James wanted him to do. And now you got Russell Westbrook, and you're watching him tonight, and it's just sad. Because I used to yeah. really enjoy watching Russell Westbrook. I know you did, too. He was one of our – I think both of our – Oh, yeah. He was one of our top him. five players that we enjoyed watching the league. And over the past, like, four seasons, it's like Steph Curry changed the league. And Russell Westbrook just kept being, like – you know, the little pit bull fireball and you love his effort and you love his passion for the game. But at the same time, you know, don't sit there and get upset. You know, you, you can absolutely get upset if, if people are threatening your family. I agree with that hundred percent, but he's talking about people like, you know, calling him West brick. It's like, yeah. dude, you get paid $44 million a year. That comes with the territory, bro. Yeah. 44 I, milli. I, I agree with Westbrook to not adjust and not change because that's the way he came into this league that's the way he's gotten to the point he's gotten the 40 million dollars a year because of the way he plays and i just think it's because of the team he plays on like chris paul talked about too he had to adjust like his leadership style right not really his play style but over the years his leadership had to adjust to you know the newer younger guys i think he talked about in the jj reddit podcast exactly. where he did have to, to do that he had to but i think the way westbrook is on this team it's just so dysfunctional but it's it was, like it's it another was dysfunctional world. in Washington. It was dysfunctional in Houston. It was dysfunctional but even in, Washington, in OKC. Like he, in Washington, he looked pretty good last year. Remember, he, he did had a for, little he run did for a end. stretch. Yeah, for a but stretch. But yeah, but that's and plus he is getting older and stuff. I just think we we always think these guys, the way the media spins these things and the way that we look at it through our eyes, 
it's always like they're going through a they're going through a downward downward spiral kind of in a way like the Kanye, well, Westbrook like, even is. Kyrie yeah I know I know Kyrie, he's but I think because Kyrie still has I the feel talent. Like, Westbrook doesn't have the talent anymore no and he the, doesn't and the league I think Westbrook can him. still Westbrook can still be on another team next year and I think another team would take him on and then he can be kind of like the old Westbrook again in some ways. It is not yeah, a winning yeah, player. It, it's never been a winning player. Well, no, and, it, and I mean? it won't be. And it won't be. Yeah. That's, that's 100% correct. I agree with that. He's not a winning player in any way, shape, no, or form. not at all. So, and that's that Westbrook take was brought to you by Just Sports. Use code SUNSJAM <laughs> at shopjustsportsonline.com to get 15% off. Jam star of the game. All right, Matthew, it's that time of the podcast where you tell me who your jam star of the game is. I tell you who my jam star of the game is. <laughs> anybody who's watching subscribes, rates, and reviews and hits the thumbs up button. And anybody who's listening subscribes, rates, and reviews. And anybody who's watching also tells us who their jam star of the game is. Matthew, I will let you bat lead off on this one. Who is oh, your yeah. jam star of the game? All right, well, I'm going to go with Devin Booker, man. He started the game off with DeAndre Ayton, basically taking over this game from the three. He hit two of his first threes, and then from there on, he was just automatic in a way. He had some really nice passes out there, too. I think the one where he was double-teaming the corner, and he was like kind of falling out of bounds, and he threw a whip pass to Jay Crowder for the three. Like His assist total, would he have nine tonight? It kind of stuck at nine for a while because he came out of the game. He didn't even play the fourth. So he could have had the double-double there if it was actually and that, it was an actual Booker game. had a double-double. Did he? What do you have? 30, 30 and 10. Oh, my bad. Okay. I thought it was still a nine. Okay. No, he, he got that 10th one. Ah, okay. Well, so it's when you book. got up to go take a shit. Yeah. Wait, yeah. which time? <laughs> yeah. The, the time when he threw the 10th assist. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I, it's definitely Booker. I think that the way he's been playing too without Chris Paul in the long side, Cameron Payne, it's been remarkable, man. They fit together very well. Absolutely. I mean, again, Chris, we're we're missing Chris Paul right now, and we're just stomping teams out. So all we know about uh, him is his sweaters, right? Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, Fabio <laughs> says maybe Day to Davis. Thank you for being stupid and making everybody laugh. So it could have been Day to Davis. Uh, that's a good name for him. Um, I, I'm going to go with like what Blaze says and a lot of the other champs. I'm going to give it to Da. Uh, d- don't get me wrong. Like Devin Booker was fantastic. He's the one I was cheering for throughout my time at Marley's tonight. Uh, but mm-hmm. DA was just solid. He was just consistent. He was hitting all the little middies. He was he was he was a beast on the boards, and that's what we've been bitching yeah. about, right? We've bitching about his lack of of intensity when it comes to rebounding. And he was, you know, what was it? What I say, seven, five, five or seven offensive rebound offensive rebounds tonight. Uh, he five, had five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A total of sixteen. He had five on the offensive end. Like that's huge. You know, this is a team that had nineteen second chance points to the Lakers thirteen and 28 fast break points to the Lakers 11. And a lot of that starts on the defensive glass and the offensive glass. And it started with DA. And I really was uh, pleasantly surprised to see his effort against the team, which again, as I was mentioned, when coach was on, like this is a team that should, uh, should allow DA to cook and cook. He did. And I was, I was very pleased to see that. So uh, thank you everybody who let us know who their jamster was in live here in the chat. Next up on the list and on the schedule for the Phoenix Suns, they travel to the Big Easy, the Suns at Pelicans. That's a game I will be covering for brightsideofthesun.com. Matthew, the Pelicans, last time we played them, they beat us. They beat us pretty good. What are your thoughts on the Pellies this time? 
Well, I mean, they won, like, I think they went on a four-game win streak. Then CJ McCollum had the health and safety, safety protocol thing, which I thought was kind of out the window. It wasn't really, they weren't really abiding by it until, yeah, until Booker, Booker got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I was like, okay, I guess it's still a thing. Uh, but they lost four straight. And it kind yeah. of sucks because, I mean, that team was kind of fun to watch, right? They had the, the young talent. Then CJ comes on there. He's a closer. He can come in. He can take a lead, keep a lead, and win, a, win his team the game. Um, that's something that they've always needed all season long, and they have it. Now he's out. He probably won't play this game, um, which would be nice for the Suns because last game we saw that CJ took over, right? He took over in the fourth quarter. Anytime we try to make a little run, you kind of thought the Suns were going to lose that game from the kind of like the second, third quarter. But anytime the Suns would make a little run, CJ would cut him off and like hit a big three, hit a big shot that was falling out of the screen. He was just doing everything he could to help that team win. And it's kind of sucks that he's gone because I kind of want to see this Pelicans team make the playoffs. And I think they still have a chance. Yeah. I mean, they're currently the 10th seed and it, it seems like just yesterday we were talking about playing them uh, on the second night of a back-to-back. It was their first game out of the all-star break. So they definitely were well-rested and ready to go. And although it was a, a game that I figured we would probably lose, uh, I just, I wasn't a fan of the way that we lost it. I felt like, you know, yeah. Kudos to, to them and what they did. I just I thought the Suns could have fought harder. That was another one of those games in which rebounding was kind of an issue. Uh, as you mentioned, CJ McCollum is going to be out. Uh, Brandon Ingram was out tonight against the Rockets with a hamstring injury. I don't know how long he'll be out with that injury, but if they're down both CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram, obviously with Zion still being out and Larry Nance out with a knee, uh, this this should be a win. This should easily be yeah. a win if you're missing those guys because those you know Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum looked absolutely fantastic together. As you mentioned, coming out of the break, they won four games and they lost the last four. They're currently 27 and 40. They have the 22nd best points per game in the NBA, the 14th most opposing points per game. They're truly a team in the middle. Uh, offensive ratings 21st, defensive ratings 22nd, net ratings 22nd. So, you know, again, the one difference maker in this is the fact that they do have Willie Green as their head coach, a team or a, a coach who definitely knows the Phoenix Suns, uh, our players, our schemes, and potentially how to defend those things. So they're, they're a team that will give the Suns kind of a hard time. Uh, do I expect to win? Absolutely. Uh, who do we play after them? Is it Houston after that? No. Uh, yeah. The Rockets. Yeah, so, so, so it's Pelicans yeah. in Houston. I'm more worried. I think about the Houston game than I am actually the Pelicans game. Just because it's you know night two of back to back and those those Houston Rockets are just they have a lot of firepower on their team, and they're uh, they they're too young and stupid to know how to not yeah um, exactly. you know what I mean and yep perfectly said <laughs> you know so I mean yeah. it, it, I'm more worried about that one as the Suns hit head out on the road I do think this is a win for the for the Suns and if they win that that's win number fifty five man that's win yeah. number fucking fifty five and if I you know. look at if you look at the Phoenix Suns well do you have anything else on the Pelicans before I talk a little nope, history I'm good. So the last time this team won 55 games, uh, you have to go all the way back to 07 and 08. Uh, that was, got it. That was a good. That, that that team was disappointing. They lost in the 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 Western Conference first round. I don't even remember that. How do I forget? I like I remember 06, 07 because we lost, lost in the Western Conference semis to the to the Spurs. I remember the year before that when we lost in the Western Conference final. The two years before that we lost in the Western Conference uh, finals. That was a disappointing result when we went we went 55 and 27 that year and we lost in the first round uh to the Spurs 1 to 4. God, I feel like there was injury or something there. But man, that's the last time. It's been that long. It's been what 14 almost 14 13 years since then. Damn. Long time, baby. 
long time. But let's go for win number 55. Uh, Matthew, did we miss anything from your notes? Is there anything else you want to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast? No, I mean, I talked about the celebrities and how they're uh, very beautiful sitting in the front yes. row. Uh, front row. Front row. <laughs> front, front row. <laughs> front row. Uh, you know what? Let me scroll through here. I think that was it, man. We covered everything that I could think of. Except uh, for Biombo. So- that mother effort, dude. Down on the glass in the second quarter. Looked great. Well, and and again, the versatility of this team. JaVale McGee got in foul trouble. Boom. Bismack comes yep. in. Look great. Look great on the glass. Uh, Suns Geek is joining us along live in the chat. He says he got done with his live stream early because there's nothing to talk about after the first quarter. LOL. <laughs> Ain't yeah. that the truth, Suns Geek. Uh, but thanks for hanging out with us. And it has to do with the Phoenix Suns. You know he's going to make a video about it. That's Suns Geek. Go subscribe on his channel as well. Uh, Fabio, was that was it the Tim Duncan Clutch 3, the series with a lot of hack-a-shacks? Um, mm-hmm. no, clutch three, was that that was no, Stephon I, Marbury, wasn't it? No, 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 that that was the clutch three that they won, or that the, the Suns beat the Spurs in like 2002, I want to say, oh, with Marbury. Okay. This is the one where like Tim Duncan hit like zero threes all season or like four, mm. and then everybody collapsed on like Manu Ginobili. He dished it out and he hit him. It might have been that year, but it but it wasn't a lot of hack of Shaq's because Shaq wasn't on the season or wasn't on the team okay. yet. Uh, Crazy Luigi says Joe Johnson. I'll never forget that. That was against the Mavericks in 0405. That the last time we won 62 games uh, was when Joe Johnson was on a fast break dunk and Jerry Stackhouse came from behind him and hacked him and Joe landed on his fucking orbital bone. And Joe Johnson was amazing that year. So uh, David Ray, what year did we tie our franchise record? 62 and 20. We've done that twice, 1993 and 2005. So we we still have a chance. If we play 500 basketball for the remainder of the season, uh, I will come up one game shy of that because if we go seven and seven, we'll be 61 and 21. So all we got to do is play 500 better, better than 500 basketball. Yeah. And, we will, and the we record will looks record. easy, right? The record looks easy. And we honestly, we have uh, some games we can get some rest in and we could probably still win. So, yeah, if you look at the remainder of the schedule, let's see, I was actually just looking at this today. Um, this is a beautiful graphic made by yours truly. Uh, let's see here. So we have the Pelicans and then we have the Rockets. Those could potentially be back-to-back wins. We play at home against the Bulls. That's an up-in-the-air game. Then we go to the Kings, to Minnesota. That'll be a battle. To Denver, that'll be a battle. At home against the Sixers, that'll be a battle. Uh, on the road in Golden... <laughs> we, we have a... Damn. <laughs> this fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. Who yeah. said we had like the one of the easiest schedules remaining? I we might still. I don't know. That. Science? Uh, March 30th, we play at Golden State, and then April 1st, we play at Minnesota, or I'm sorry, uh, Memphis, and then we're at uh-huh. OKC. We play the Lakers at home again on April 5th, then we go to the Clippers, to the Jazz, and we end at home against the Sacramento Kings. So you look at that. If if I was to go through the last few games, in my personal opinion, starting with the game against New Orleans, win, win. Bulls, God, Bulls. I feel like we can beat the Bulls. Win, win, loss, loss, loss. No, there's no way we'll lose three in a Damn, row. Damn, I was going to say, we're going to lose three in a row? No, I just don't see us <laughs> doing it. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and try to predict Yeah, this. that's going to be tough, dude. I think we'll, we we'll win a ball except for one. We'll do it in a jam session short or something. We'll lose one more this season. That's it. Just there you go. More. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, on that note... We're going to go ahead and get out of here. We thank you for hanging out with us after a dominating win over the Los Angeles Lakers. Once again, I'm at Darth Voida. He's at Matthew Lissy. And we are at Suns Jam. Again, if you want to come on the show, hit us up on Twitter. Slide into those DMs and let us know. We'll shoot you a link before the show starts. We'll bring you on for five minutes for our Jamsters React 
Champsers React segment. It'd be great to have you on here. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, rated review, please do. If you go on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Give Click on five stars and write a review. We'll read it right here on the podcast. Uh, until Tuesday night, everyone have a fantastic evening and take care of yourselves. Yeah, go home and love your family. And thank you again, Mike, for hanging out with me at Marley's. <laughs> <laughs>